That's I have true. a degree in law. Since when? Since I decided just now. That's not how degrees in law work, Griffin. I just don't know if it's in Fahrenheit or Celsius yet. That doesn't matter. What? You're right, Calvin. How did temperature become part of this? Alright, so Sleepy Time Junction. Wait, Jingles hold on! Bed. Hold on, hold on! What's poppin' y'all? Welcome to Post Finale. I'm your host, Uncle Madeira. I'm an actor and a musician who hasn't seen a lot of films, so to make my friends happy and potentially provide a new perspective on some popular films, I'm on a quest to change that. I'm not on this quest alone, however. Once again, I am joined by my wonderful friend, Griffin Stouffer. Griffin, how are you doing? It's called the butterfly effect, alright? Alright? I I listen to your things, alright? I hear everything. First of all, I don't know why you're pretending you don't know what idioms are during the Truman Show. We took the same English classes. But first of all, it's called the butterfly effect, not the banana effect. What the f*** are you talking about? What the what in what the, the world f- are, are you... you talking about? What are, what are, what are you talking about? Truman about? Show episode three. You mentioned the idea that changing one thing has an effect that changes a bunch of the others. And it's called the butterfly effect. But you called it the banana effect. And that's nonsense. Where did, That's nothing. <laughs> And you perfectly know full well that the idiom, the early bird gets the worm exists. So I don't want to hear it. No, I know that idiom exists. That that was the whole thing was that I was just like, wasn't it the other way around? So it's a butterfly effect. It's the, it's the butterfly. Anyways. I do, okay, sure, sure. Thanks, dude. Um, I didn't say it would. I didn't say it was gonna be a, a, a good a good intro bit. You you want one of my other one liners I've written down? No, no, we'll get to out? them. We'll get to them. That one's. Oh, gonna but stay. this one won't be a this one won't be applicable to any part of the show at all. Okay, hit me with okay, it. Okay, just in case you want to cut that one out. Uh, you know, California girls are getting progressively more deniable the more I have to interact with the state state's tax code. That's a Katy Perry reference. That is fantastic. <laughs> So on that lovely note, I think before we jump in to talking again about Barbie Magic of the Rainbow, I think what we need to do first is I have a question for you. Now, I know in the past I've never asked you this question, but if you were to voice act one of these characters and it can't be Bibble. It can't be Bibble. Obviously, I was going to say that if you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it can't be Bibble. Who would you want to play the most? That's that's a tough choice because a lot of these characters are nothing. They're nothing characters. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna, the the characters that would be like fun to play exi- reside exclusively in Bibble, who is off the table, <laughs> Fabian, who is in like three scenes, and Laverna. So I have to go for Laverna. Fair. <laughs> because she's fun. She's Fair. a fun character. It's great. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna have to go with that one. Nice. Hard choice, I know, between the three characters that are actually interesting and have any characterization. Although, I get, I, I'm selling some of the other ones short. I'm yeah. selling some of the other fairies short. What about you? I'd probably go with Max. I feel like Max is a very fun That's character in yeah. voice. Like he just always is kind of doing something wacky and something different. Mm-hmm. And it's a good time. 
I think I I think I'd want to do Max. Yeah, that's a that's a good choice. I will just before we get into the actual movie, I will say that for whatever reason, I I think the second half of this movie was really weak. It did the, it was not as entertaining as the first half to me. Yeah, the second half felt very dull. And we'll get into that. And I think it mainly comes from it just everything happened right away. I mean, like we've talked about it before, how, you know, there really isn't any what what do you call it? Uh suspense. Oh yeah, no suspense. <laughs> never never a modicum of suspense. I, the most suspense we got was the movie being unclear on whether uh Laverna had taken over her body, mind-controlled Sunburst, or disguised herself as Sunburst. But that was also just, like, didn't matter, and then was self-evident. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So, yeah, I mean, there's just no suspense, and that's been the case for the previous films as well. But I feel like there's even more no suspense in this one. (laughs) Um... I, I mean, to be I was suspend. I I was suspensed properly about only one thing, and that is the tooth fairy, because yeah. I really wanted the tooth fairy to be like Chekhov's gun and come in to help them at the end. But it it wasn't that. She All gave right. them a cupcake. Nah. So speaking of that, let's get into our predictions from last time. So for anyone that doesn't remember. Griffin and I made some predictions and for context I think we are actually recording this episode about two weeks apart roughly Uh, just with the way that our schedules have lined up so Griffin and I have also forgotten what our predictions were so oh I forgot at the moment it came out of my mouth I didn't even have that written down that was off the dome and none of of it was absorbed (laughs) so I have them pulled up here and I have the transcript from the last episode pulled up to be able to tell us what our predictions were. So I'm going to kind of dumb it down. I'm not going to read this word for word, but this was your prediction, Griffin. And it's that Laverna is going to be controlling some bursters or is not bursters, sunburst. Sorry, I'm just reading the transcript. It's sunburst. Uh, so she's either controlling Sunburst or is acting as her. And you think that Alina is going to tell the Guardians, suspect that everything's going to be okay. We'll keep an eye out, but you have to complete your classes. And then Laverna is going to sabotage during the classes. There's probably going to be a training montage. And if there's a song that plays, it has lyrics during this. That was a very specific one that you had in there. That was that was bonus points. I think I said bonus points if there's a song that plays and it has lyrics. because Mostly because I really wanted that. Sure, you never said the words bonus points. Did I not? No. Oh, I feel so, like I've been using the words bonus points a lot recently, too. So no bonus ah, points for you. But... I am. <laughs> so, Rat. Oh, no. That's the general guess. And... That's pretty much what you were thinking, but you think Laverna is going to sabotage and then at some point it's going to be revealed that Sunburst is Laverna and Alina is going to somehow stumble upon this realization. She's going to get like a tied up and held up by Max or just like in the woods or something. Laverna is going to reveal something about herself and Alina finally puts the two together and then 
you know, after that, there's conflict that's going to happen. It's going to get really, really close. And when they need to do the right dance of spring, flight of spring, because, of course, everything happens at the last minute and everything is going to be all beautiful and dandy by the end of it. That's pretty much what your guess was. Um, you did also have right before she fights Laverna and it helps overpower Laverna or she's going to get the wings as a reward at the end. So that's how you thought she was going to get the new wings. Yeah, didn't I say something about like Power Rangers, power of friendship or something? Oh, you have a quote here that literally says, point is teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Some your of what I guess. said was correct. Yeah, some of it was. For context, listeners, at this point with the Barbie films, we only do them in two parts. So Griffin and I have watched the film at this point. So that was your guess. My guess is similar very much. I also thought Sunburst situation was going to go down the same. But, you know, it's just going to be the time. Like, I got it confused because I had missed a scene because of timestamps, but that's fine. Yeah. And then, yeah, so I think that she's going to go tell the Guardians they're going to keep an eye out and just be like, all right, well, we'll keep an eye out. You have to keep doing your training, blah, blah, blah. The same as what we were just saying. And pretty much the difference that comes up for me is I was like, all right, there's also a training montage. And for some reason, the Guardians aren't going to be able to do the Flight of Spring and so then the apprentices are going to have to be the ones to actually do the flight of spring. I don't know what that reason is, but there's going to be a very specific reason of why the guardian suddenly can't do it. And what's going to happen is that Laverna slash Sunburst is going to sabotage it. And it's all going to happen last second, probably while they're doing the flaunts and doing the little dance around and everything. I forgot it was called flans. Yeah, I did too. I um, but flans. while they're doing the flans and that's when, you know, everything's going to go haywire. Everyone's going to come together in the last minute, understand what's going on. Everyone's going to give their powers to Alina and she is going to get some fun new thing out of it. Probably the new wings that we were talking about and the new look. And then she's going to have the power to beat Laverna. And that's why she's, you know, going to have the magic and the new wings and everything. But the, everything will be fine. The festival will go on like, you know, it'll happen with the chaos they'll defeat laverna but then the festival will go on everything will be fine the first flight will happen and it's all good and bibble still probably doesn't deserve the credit and no he deserves the credit he's not gonna get the credit <laughs> yeah that he deserves it's pretty much what i think is gonna happen some of what i said is also true so i feel like i also mentioned a magical girl transformation sequence in mine uh, we can argue the specifics of the, if that actually happened or not. But it's I feel like I mentioned that. It's possible that you did. Like I said, I was kind of skimming them because, yeah. you know, they were longer guesses. Listeners, if any of you want to hear the guesses in full and come back to this, I believe on the last episode, if you go listen to like the last 10 minutes of the last episode, you'll hear both of our guesses 
in full. If you want to hit pause on this, go listen to that to get a refresher and then come back. But for you all, it's only been a week since our guests have come out. And for us, it's been a few. So we had to just catch up. I, I wouldn't remember after one week either. I was going to ask you to do that part anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been the next day. I would have still been like, oh, hey, can we listen back to the recording and see what we said? Because I don't remember. I don't know. You know what? Fair enough. But shall we go into the film? Is there anything else before we get into the film and what's going on? Oh, I did have a note from last time that I realized afterwards that uh, Frog Laverna was wearing that hood up, which was actually the smartest thing in that movie because she still had her hair on, which <laughs> which would be uh, incredibly telling because she just has the haircut. Yeah. Nobody else has green hair. No. Well, maybe the green well, fairy guardian. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say that. I'm I'm probably just forgetting. I, d- I don't know. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I think they keep their colors fairly disparate. So aside from like the rainbow and when that's involved, they usually keep green out of it. But green is literally part of the rainbow i know i know that's why i said aside from like rainbows i don't think there's no but all the there's a couple characters that wear green but there's nobody with green hair aside from laverna that's very possible hair was not the highest on my things to look at list i know i'm trying i'm really trying to think but I, i literally do not think there's anybody with green hair aside from laverna therefore she was smart to wear the hood yeah Fair, fair, fair. Fair enough. All right. So where we're at, we're up at the castle and Alina is explaining to Azura that she has used the spell to turn Laverna loose in Fairytopia. And then the orange guardian comes in laughing at the fact that they were fooled by Laverna and he doesn't believe that it really is Laverna and he can prove that it wasn't. And I was like, oh, this should be good. And then (laughs) it was just like they fly up and they see this thing called the guardian glass. And it can be used to look at every exile of Fairytopia. How many people have they exiled? That's that's a good question. Because, like, we know Laverna. And Laverna. But she says all the people. She says all the people. Who? What? Oh, my God. The Bogs of the Hinterlands are just Australia for Fairytopia. Um... There we go. The penal colony. Yeah. Whew. But the this scene actually annoys me because they say, "Show me the bogs of the hinterlands," and then there there's Max disguised as as the frog Laverna, <laughs> which makes sense. But it's like, why didn't they just ask it to show them Laverna? Why only the bogs of the hinterlands? Can it only track people in exile? Uh, no, if so, because Max it technically can, it isn't can, in exile. It can show the exiled places. So it doesn't How did it show... immediately target Laverna then? Or I suppose Max disguised as Laverna. It's very unclear, and I, it's not the strict magic system that I want it to be, and that annoys me. Yeah. I want scientific principles. I want everything very explained. Uh, also... She literally saved them multiple times. Oh, twice. One was technically Mermaidia, and they're immediately like, you're so dumb. That's not right? Laverna. Oh, How would you beautiful. know? My favorite part was this. 
is that I was just like, so in the glass, we see Laverna being fanned by fungus. And I was just like, it's Max as a toad, isn't it? Poor Max. It's always Max. <laughs> <laughs> My chair's so loud. <laughs> oh, All that's right. fantastic. That's, I'm going to sit straight up so that you don't have to cut out chair noises for the rest of the episode. <laughs> I'm sure Pranav thanks you. <laughs> Didn't realize how loud that was until right now. <laughs> All right, cool. That is fantastic. Also, there's a line that Alina says where she's, um, she's just like, this was she, which is just like such a weird wording. Oh, yeah. Especially for the rest of the movie, because that's not the way that anybody talks at all during no. any of this. No. And I don't know why that one just that one just caught my brain was like, what? I had to <laughs> skip back and be like, say that again. Fair. It's like, this was she. It's like, what? I mean, you're not wrong, but why'd you say it like that? Yeah, yeah. I, do, I don't I don't know. So, Azura says that it seems that Laverna is in the bugs, and Alina is adamant that, no, I freed Laverna. And Azura believes that despite what they see in the glass, they must take the threat seriously, because Azura has a brain. And she will see that the entire area is under heightened security and just in case and i was like it's already too late you're already infiltrated as we know that it's sunburst but obviously they don't know that and then i was like are they gonna do the transition of the glass into the scene of the hinterlands hey check it out they did the transition of the looking glass how could you not that's such a like fun scene transition I, I it very rarely disappoints me when that scene transition happens. It's every time, every time in every movie ever, and yeah. it's it's fun. It's a fun, cute little simple transition. The but... one I like, the only one I like better than that is, uh, I guess that's not technically a tr- scene transition, but in a similar vein is when somebody's like in the bathroom and they have the, like the medicine cabinet open, and then they close it, and the mirror on it like moves and shows something behind them. Oh, I like that one. That's not a that's not a transition. It's not a transition, but it seems like a similar vein of like something being looked at and it like being there suddenly, just like the zoom, whatever. I don't know why connection in my brain. Who knows? Fair enough, dude. I don't know. I don't I don't make the rules. I just sit here and listen. So I was like, oh, look, it's Max as a toad. Oh, my God. Who could have predicted that? Oh, wait, me 10 seconds ago. (laughs) So Fungus starts to complain about the length of their work and they want to break. And Max says, stop complaining. You have nothing to complain about. You didn't have to trade your body for that of a toad. And I was just like, you know what? Fair. (laughs) So toad pilled, dude. He's frog maxing. He's tadpole core. Really pad coated. He's fucking out here. <laughs> so we're back at the sleeping ball pods and Alina is scared. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I like you calling it the sleeping ball pods. They're flowers. They're like bulbs or flowers. Like you, you don't need to say sleeping ball pods. <laughs> you can just say the flower the hanging flowers or something. But they right? weren't flowers. They, they are. No, no, they're not. They're not open, but they're still flowers. Wait, they're flowers? They're flower buds, yeah. Oh. 
You thought they were just hanging balls from the tree? I just thought that it was something that was created for them. Everything is petals. They all sleep in flowers. It's consistent, all right? (laughs) This is the one point of consistency in these movies. It's extremely consistent that they sleep in flowers. I think these ones sing, too. No, Peony sings. Peony sings. I think these ones sing as well. Okay, so... I vaguely remember that from the first part. I don't know. It took me two weeks to watch the second half. (laughs) Great. So we're at the sleeping ball pods, and Alina is scared to go in and face everybody. And Bibble and Dizzle are thrilled to see Alina. And Dizzle is being a bit demonic, kind of. Like, I hit pause to take a note. And, like, Dizzle's face just looked really creepy. And I didn't like it. I mean, the puffballs are weird. The puffballs are weird. The puffballs are weird. They don't... They look vaguely human, but so it's not as bad as, like, the turtle in Mermaidia, but... Oh, that that was horrendous. It doesn't hit the Uncanny Valley as much, but, like, kinda. A little bit. I would argue a lot. Anyways, so anyways, Bibble lost the tooth. Yeah, that's what's happened. And Alina is a bit relieved because she thought that they were running up to her about the whole Laverna thing. And she reminds Bibble that you have the pouch that Azura gave him. And he does. And now all he has to do is wait for the tooth fairy. And he has the pouch and he flies off to put the bag under his pillow. Fair enough. He's excited. He wants to get rid of his tooth and get and We'll a prize. talk about that again when we see it next. Yes, it takes a while. Because I have thoughts. I do too. It, it doesn't take a while. It's the next scene. I have when earlier we see thoughts oh, okay. when I fair. see it again. Fair, no, fair. we see it sooner. We see it very, very soon, and I'm mad. So, the others come in, and they're asking why Alina is still here, and... That she should resign as an apprentice after what she did. They call it treason. Sunburst sticks behind. And instead of saying something mean, she hugs Alina and says, I'm sorry. I'm sure you didn't mean for any of this to happen. If that doesn't tell you that she's possessed by Laverna, I don't know what will. Alina's very confused as well, ladies and gentlemen. So I I will say, uh, Laverna acting nice to her to just mess with her is a, just a great way to reveal your plan really, really early on. And also, the Guardians didn't believe her that she had released Laverna or helped Laverna, but then they immediately go and tell everybody on the ground, and they're calling it fucking treason. those two things don't match up no no i'm here for it though yeah whatever it's funny whatever so anyways she's a terrible actor who laverna oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, as sunburst absolutely horrendous not good so azura says that due to recent events apprentices will rotate through evening patrols. Alina and Sunburst are on first watch, and the others are unhappy about all of the extra work that now has to happen 
for them. And I just wrote, shut up. You won't have to do anything. Everything's probably going to go down on night one with these two. <laughs> yeah, no suspense, right? And they're put together just so it can be revealed as soon as possible as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's... <laughs> and it kind of is. Uh, not the way I was expecting. I expected them to go out and then they'd have like a confrontation and then she'd be like, nobody will believe you. That's later. That does happen yeah. later. But... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally thought it'd be revealed there. There's something else that happens that we'll get to. We'll um, get to. And it's not that, which is... So I was wrong there. I'll give you that one, Ankit. Woo! It's very rare that I get something right. I think these are very one of the only few movies that we've done where I've actually gotten I wonder things why. right. I wonder hey. why that is. Maybe hey. it's because you normally watch, like, critically acclaimed movies <laughs> that have, like, good writing. <laughs> Although this is not that this is bad, it's just for children. I mean, like, hey, I don't think even you know yet. And for listeners listening, the reason Griffin usually knows what's happening beforehand is solely that I've known Griffin for like half of my life at this point. Oh god, it has been long. So yeah. <laughs> we just text in general. <laughs> um but if anyone's listening and is curious, we are going back to critically acclaimed things next week, and I'll explain more of that towards the end. It's okay; you'll be back. We'll do some more Barbie in I a know. bit. I know we got two more. We got two more, but we I'm gotta sure I'll pull you into some one. other. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll pull you into some other garbage movies that I have a hyperfixation on at some point. We could do Windy Woo Homecoming Warrior. I like that one. I think I've seen that one. Yeah, but it's not good. But it's kind of good. That's the, that's the one with that's Brenda Song as yeah. Wendy Wu, right? Yeah. Okay, I have seen that one. The Disney Channel original movie? I know, but that could be a fun like one episode thing. We'll see. We'll see what we do. Oh, we'll no. see. I have that I have that in my notes. That's just another note I get to delete off my phone, alright? Fair I enough. Get, I gotta get through my list. So where were we? What is happening? Yes. So Sunburst says that it won't be that bad. And Sunburst loves how flies off of her fingers and she's talking about the light the sparkles. magic light yeah the sparkles and she's like Little i always sparkles. wanted to be a sparkle fairy and in the mirror we see that it is laverna again great love love this trope where it's like oh like it you know in the reflection you see something different fair love it she calls fungus and max picks up and max is very excited to hear from her and then he gets more excited when he sees Sunburst and he's like, oh, who are you, lovely lady? Max is an incorrigible horn dog. <laughs> All right. He does not. He he just does not quit. He does no. not stop. You got to you got to respect the hustle. And it's also still unclear if Laverna just like took Sunburst body over or knocked her out and disguised herself. Yeah, it is still very not brainwashing, but it's still like, I don't know which one this is. And I don't know which one is worse. <laughs> Listeners, let us know which one do you think is worse? Just knocking somebody out and then taking their likeness or possessing them. Good good audience integration, Ankit. That'll, that'll really bring the comments in. I'm proud of <laughs> yeah. you. You're learning. Thanks, Ben. I'm trying. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I don't know which is worse. They both sound really bad. I think possessing the body is worse. 
I feel like possessing the body is worse, but then also in a weird way, you're not knocking somebody out and trapping them. I mean, one is just like assault and defamation, I guess. But the other one is a violation of bodily autonomy, and I'm not a fan of that. Okay, fair. Well, I have a degree in law. Since when? Since I decided just now. That's not how degrees in law work, Griffin. I just don't know if it's in Fahrenheit or Celsius yet. That doesn't matter. You're right, Calvin. How did temperature become part of this? All right, so Sleepy Time Junction. Wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on. How did you get to Kelvin and Fahrenheit and Celsius? What are you talking about? I, I think you're too tired for my brain state. I'm so confused, ladies and gentlemen, for context. I've been back in London for just about a week. I just recently kicked the jet lag and I've also been working nonstop. So it is late on a Saturday night as we record this and I am exhausted, but I do it for you. But um, I, I am not that tired to where I shouldn't be able to understand your like, you know, pathways. Oh, I mean, it's, it's so incredibly simple, though, Ankit. It's. Uh, statements about bodily autonomy. So obviously you think of things such as like Roe v. Wade, since that's a very common argument, which is a matter of law. So therefore a degree in law. And since it's a degree in law, degrees of temperature, that's a common measurement uh, units. So Fahrenheit or Celsius. And of course, Kelvin is just like the same as Celsius, but minus 273 degrees because it includes absolute zero as the zero point. Do you prefer the Riemann, Riemann scale? No, just as you started explaining that, listeners who weren't watching the video for context, I started hitting my head with my hand because I realized that Griffin just knows me so well that he planned this entire thing out and I fell for it. I hate you. We're moving on. What can I say? So... Laverna tells him to drop it, and she has a new assignment for him. A firebird will drop him off at the palace in the morning. With Max's help, the guardians won't be a problem, and the flight of spring will mark the day that she gets revenge on her sister once and for all, and then cue the evil laugh. So Always the evil laugh. Love always it. the evil laugh. Now, now we can have sleepy time. Okay. With Bibble Yay. and Dizzle. That was the part where I'm mad. All right. Why are you mad? For for wait wait wait. Before you explain, let me explain the scene to the listeners. Pretty Please much, do. this is all that is there for Bibble and Dizzle in terms of like before I. I'm also mad at this, but for possibly a different reasoning. But so, Bibble and Dizzle are both sleeping on their flower. Well, Bibble's flower, and they're sharing it, and then the pouch is between them it's not under anyone's heads it's just in between them it's not under a pillow like it's supposed to be this is why i'm mad it's the same reason it's supposed to be under a pillow they keep (laughs) saying that he has to put it under a pillow and the pouch is so soft he won't even feel it that's something that was literally said when he was given the pouch and yet it's not under a pillow it's just there between them betwixt the two Yeah, but it's the power of love is just as soft as a pillow. At least they left room for Jesus. (laughs) Just like any good school dance. 
eight inch. It, I don't know. I what's what's the. It depends on the school. It depends on the school. It depends Again, on a lot of things. I think the Footloose remake they say eight inches for Jesus, and then, uh, and then one of the other characters makes a dick joke and dick joke and is like, "I need more than that." <laughs> that's such what, a bad joke. Uh, okay, so that's what you're mad. Anyways, All right. Footloose remake, bad movie. I think I've seen it. The remake. I, I know I've seen the original. I think I've seen the remake as well. Yeah, it came out when we were like in high school or middle school. I think a it came out ago. when we it were in high school. But I think the reason that I had seen it was that I was comparing something like back and forth. Oh, oh. I know why I saw it. It's because when we did our senior year musical, which was Footloose. Oh, right. Yeah. The one I, wa- I wasn't allowed to be in because they didn't have a trombone part. Yeah. That was their main reasoning for picking that show, dude. I know. I'm s- okay. They were I, too intimidated by my abilities during Mary Poppins. No, they were just sick and tired of you after your uh, inabilities during Mary Poppins. <laughs> yeah, that's what they tell themselves so they can sleep at night. Okay. So, Alina comes in, and she's looking for them. And this is what enrages me about this. Is that she's looking for them like she can't see them despite them being right in front of the door. Literally the most obvious thing. Like, just, there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> and she's like, Bibble, Dizzle. And she's looking everywhere but like straight at them. It's it's really a Dora the Explorer moment. <laughs> it's no, no. I have to give credit to where credit's due. Dora at least always had her back turned to whatever she was looking for. It was always behind her. She was always looking at us for the answers, but she was never actively looking at what she was looking for when she would ask us the question. Anyways, I'm surprised this movie didn't have a stop turn to the camera and be like, can you find Bibble? (laughs) (laughs) And then a um, big cursor comes in. And I'm just not like, going to lie. Okay. So you know how there are the live action Dora movies now? I think there's like, one, what? maybe two. Yeah, there's like huh? one or two okay, live action Dora movies. Okay. So there's like one or two. I know there's at least one. There might be two. And I haven't seen them. But I'm going to be really oh, disappointed if... There isn't a scene like you just described where they look straight into the camera and ask the audience something. <laughs> oh, God. Boots is a CG monstrosity. Boots is interesting. Anyways, there's a letter. There's a letter on a table. A threat. And it reads, The time has come to face me one-on-one. Meet me in the rustic forest, the same place you set me loose. I will be waiting, Laverna. And I was, was like, such a lie. Instantly. Oh, oh yeah. But I was like, oh, looks like it'll be uh, sunburst, and Alina won't attack because it'll be sunburst, and then she'll feel bad because she'll be hurting sunburst. So she, nothing's gonna happen. I was wrong, but like, you know what? Oh yeah, I. I assumed that, uh, I assume, well, I guess, I guess, I guess this later, once the scene actually, like, started, because it cuts away to Azura. Yeah, yeah, 
But so, I, as soon as I do that, I'm like, oh, is Laverna drawing her out here so that she can accuse Alina of ditching the patrol or something? <laughs> uh, vaguely right. Vaguely right. So Bibble asks if he can come. Alina says, no, it's too dangerous. She started everything by letting her out, and she has to be the one to finish it. So Alina heads out. And Bibble As has. She can defeat Laverna without Bibble. And here's the part where you call him a powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, Bibble has been on much more dangerous adventures. Give Bibble the respect that Bibble deserves. Two, Bibble also has an idea because Bibble ain't no slum. So Bibble has the idea and heads out, Dizzle in tow. And we see Azura. She's collecting some books. And then Max appears behind her. And it's like, you know. Ooh, creepy music and suspenseful music. So, in the rustic forest, Alina reminds herself that she has to be strong because she has to remind herself of that. She calls out to Laverna to show herself. She hears something and hears some sounds, and it turns out that it's Linden along with Bibble and Dizzle. Now, I was like, good job, Bibble. You weren't going to let her come out here all alone. Turns out, that wasn't the case. The main reason, well, it may have been the case, but the reason that they're here is that Lyndon says that something's happened to Azura and takes Alina back. Azura is unconscious and she is poisoned by toad venom. And Toad venom? Where could they have possibly gotten that? Oh no, it's not like Max was here. Oh no. It's not and like we saw that in the previous scene. No, not at all. What are you talking about? So Sunburst is there using a leaf or a nut or something as an ice pack on her head. And I was like, what happened to her? She was fine. She's just faking it. That's just fakeness. Um, and then it turns out that all the guardians have been poisoned. Lyndon says that they will be okay. It can only wear off with time. Ladies and gentlemen, just as a general rule of thumb, that's not how poison works. Go to the doctor. Go seek medical help. Actually, how most poison works is it's a decoagulant of the blood and therefore prevents your blood from clotting over injuries that you receive. At least a lot of like animal venom and such. Sure. Snake venom. Yeah. I guess it doesn't apply to frogs. Some of it. I shouldn't say most. What do I know? I'm, I only have a degree in law, not a doctorate. You don't have a degree medicine. in law. So anyways, all of the Guardians are out of commission again. <laughs> hey, who could have seen that coming? Once again, not useful. Not helpful. <laughs> I'm... Oh no, I guess somebody else is going to have to provide, perform the Dance of Spring or whatever they're call it, they call it. I wonder it. who it could be. Anyway, I have a question. Yeah. Are the guardians actually good at guarding? Anything? No. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm just gonna say no as a as a broad. They they just seem to be like the the literary device that gets boinked at the beginning, so that the hero has to step in. It's the yeah. call to action. Yeah. Yeah. Every single. All time. the guardians do in all of these movies is be like, okay, don't worry about it. We'll handle it, and then not be able to do anything, and distinctly not handle it. I don't think they've done a single useful thing in the three films. Uh, Azura gave her her necklace so that Laverna couldn't get it in the first movie. And that was... Oh, and she called Hugh to them, who hasn't appeared. 
nope. uh, since the first movie. Okay. Uh, Scary Butterfly. Uh, so let's the- rephrase this. Azura's the only semi-competent guardian, but even she gets knocked down. Yes, every single time. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, maybe Fairytopia deserves ten years of winter. You know what? It really seems That's that right. way. I'm doing war crime apologetics now. <laughs> okay, so they blame Alina and say that she wasn't on patrol like she was meant to be, and if she was, then someone could have gone for help. And they say that it's her fault, and they're lucky that the Enchantress wasn't here because they would have lost her too. And Sunburst is like, correct. I know, right? Oh, oh my right. God, who could have seen oh, this coming? Who could have? Who could have figured that one out? Yeah. So Sunburst says, it's not all Alina. She should have fought harder. Laverna is just so powerful. Really, really, really powerful. Like the most powerful fairy ever. It's really subtle. Yeah, Sunburst also then realizes that everyone's looking at her and just goes, oh, my head. I don't know what I'm saying. And it's fantastic. It's great. There's just like no no care in the world. And it's lovely. So. Alina says that Shimmer is right. It's all her fault and that she should have been there. Lumina says that no one will do the flight of spring. Fairytopia is doomed. And I was like, why not you? You're going to do the flight of spring. (laughs) That was going to happen at the beginning of the movie, though. That one was self-evident. Somehow they were going to end up doing the flight of spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this movie about, if not that? It's about Bibble and his tooth. You're right. That is the main plot point of this movie. Nothing else happens that's important. And the fact that he never puts it under a pillow. Never. And yet, somehow, somehow, it still gets taken by the tooth fairy. It's annoying. It's not how the tooth fairy... They weren't even asleep when the tooth fairy took the tooth. And that's more annoying to me. We'll get to that. It just shows up. So, later that night, Sunburst is dancing and laughing, and Max is happy, but it took a lot of toad spit, and his mouth is very dry. So, Sunburst is saying that with the Guardians out of commission, it's only a matter of time, and then they are gratuitously interrupted by Fabian, and I paused it at a beautiful moment where Sunburst's face looked kind of like this. Um, for listeners, I don't know how to describe that other than just very big eyes, very small mouth. Just uh, sucked on a lemon. There we go. Kind of. Yeah, kind of that. So, and apparently what's going on is that the Enchantress wants to meet with all the apprentices. And it's about the flight of spring. And I was yeah, like, so oh, she, she wait. Tell them to do her job again. Yeah, there might be one semi-smart person in this world. Sunburst says that she'll be right there. Max is happy, asks about him being a toad, and Sunburst says, In good time right now, I have a meeting with the Enchantress. And Max tries a rebuttal, but is hung up on. He then eats a fly. It's strangely satisfying. There's there's also a line in there somewhere that I didn't note down, but I just wrote, took the note, good A-team reference. So I can only assume that somebody said I love it when a plan comes together. Good A-team reference. One of the characters in the A-team, uh, Bradley Cooper in the remake movie, 
I don't know if it's how if it, the line is originally used in the oh, series. I assume oh, so. You're the talking. A-team. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 The guy, he says, I, I haven't seen it, together. so I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know why you about. would. It's not very good. Okay. When you said the A-team, I thought you were referencing the Ed Sheeran song. Oh, no. I have to hear that in the toilet at work. Oh, specifically in the toilet? Yeah, that's the only place I hear that song. You don't? I have. Okay, it's story time. Hey, hi. I didn't plan. This one I didn't plan out on my thing, by the way. Um, This is my one bit that I haven't don't have written down. So in the toilet at work, there is like a Spotify playlist that plays and there's like just a ton of songs on it. And they're all just like generic Garbo songs. There's a number of Ed Sheeran songs. And I got really, really, really bored one week and was like, what if I just use Shazam to see what every single one of these songs are and put them on a Spotify playlist? I have a playlist that's like 360 songs long. Okay. That are just songs. It's it's the pee-pee-poo-poo playlist and it's all the songs that play in the bathroom at work. (laughs) I don't know why I do it either. Oh. One of those songs is the A-Team by Ed Sheeran. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why he's famous. If anyone is curious on how to get their hands on this pee-pee-poo-poo playlist, Griffin, if anyone reaches out, would you be willing to share yes. the playlist? Yes, I will be. I'll I'll share. Actually, I think I have it called the toilet playlist right now, but I need to rename it to pee pee poo poo playlist because yeah, that's yeah. all I've been calling it. Yeah. But yes, I will I will I will share it and uh All right. Only on request. I will share yes, it yes. only on request. Listeners. And I will just give you a link to it and then you can watch it be updated in real time as I go on bathroom breaks at work. Yes. If there's a new song playing. If you would like to gain access to the pee pee poo poo playlist be sure to send us a message either on social media or leave a comment down below give us some way shape or form of getting in touch with you so that we can tell you how to get access to the pee pee poo poo playlist now on that lovely note the stupid promise i've made yeah we've done worse so the enchantress shows up and she says that she needs them to all be brave and strong and they must step in and perform the flight of spring oh no who could have seen that oh wait us so glimmer fabian and lumina are all you know like oh no this is going to be terrible how can we do this it's all going to go bad lumina's like i see terrible things happening and the entrances is just like oh i see bad things happening if you don't do it like 10 years of winter i don't know based on what you just said you think that you know they might just deserve it at this point yeah maybe i i was actually surprised that the enchantress really did show up for this one I was surprised uh, as well. I, I I thought for sure it was just going to be like a video call. I definitely. I, I titled this one business, the scene business meeting. I definitely <laughs> do feel like the Enchantress was due showing up. And also it's her home. So it makes a bit more sense of her showing up. Yeah, I suppose that's true. But you know what? I'm still kind of surprised. She likes to just show up at the end and be like, good job. Yeah. Bye. So 
she explains that in two days the blush will be ready for the flight of spring and that she will train them personally. And if Fairytopia falls, it's not for a lack of trying. Well, that's good to know. They're going to try their hardest, boys and girls. They're going to try that's their hardest. That's all we can ask of them. That's all we can ask. Not, hey, the fate of the world rests on your shoulders. Don't mess this up. No, no, no. Don't. Just try your hardest. So, <laughs> Alina says that I she's in. really confused about something, actually. Oh? And that's that the Enchantress was like, the blush is almost ready. And I, maybe it's just because I watched this, like, a couple weeks apart, probably. But I could have sworn they were supposed to, like, summon the blush out of water. And it wasn't a thing that was being prepared. But now it's, like, supposed to be an actual physical flower. I thought it was always a physical flower. That was something I must have totally missed. Maybe I was taking a note while they explained it. But I had I had no idea. I just, like, thought it was a thing that they were creating out of magic that then would open. I thought this was a whole in-depth process, not just like a physical flower. That's fair. But uh, you know what? That's fine because none of their training actually looks like what they end up doing anyways. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. So it's they're all in entirely it. entirely different. And so Alina says that she's in and then you know, Sunburst is like, me too. Glimmer's like, okay, fine. And then I was like, oh, look, they're all in it together. And then the Enchantress goes, then we're all in this together. Together we are strong. And I immediately started going, we're all in this musical, yeah. together. Lovely time. And okay, I was just like, uh, the dance, though? Uh, yeah, I knew it at one point. I don't know it anymore. I know you did because we all did it in band. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted you to say it. What, that we did it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I yeah. just wanted you to admit that you knew it. Yeah. Like, the rest I, of don't, I don't remember it like anymore. Something about like stomp, pump, two pumps. Yeah, yeah, there's and like, then, like a And then like there's like a clap. Sh- there's like a shimmy and a clap at one that, point. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I think we could it's... piece this together. Amongst Probably. our friend group, without having to actually see the ori- see the original, I bet Pablo knows it. Oh yeah, we'll I bet see. he still remembers it. I don't know. He has got, Dude, he's got a brain for it. Here's the thing: is that we graduated high school now. Uh, what I know, four eight eight, eight years, years ago. ago? Eight four. years ago? No, no, no. I was doing I was doing like four from like when we graduated college, and then another four from then. So like I was just doing it in chunks of four in terms of like mathing. Um, but. We graduated high school eight years ago. I'm pretty sure that if we pooled our friend group together, we still know most of the cheers from high school. God, I I bet I I couldn't start any of them, but I bet there's some like muscle memory way in the back that I could repeat the rest like, of it if somebody gave me like the first two words. Exactly. Like, yeah, I don't know. No, no. Again, I feel like if all seven of us got together, we'd be able to piece some of uh, like a fair few together. God, we spent so much time just doing that. Yeah, we For really no did. <laughs> we just, we had nothing better to do. <laughs> now there's a training montage. It's the training montage. I don't want to bang on my desk because I think that'll make incredibly annoying noises into my microphone that would have to be edited out. <laughs> and I kind of already did that. But uh, just... Imagine my hand slamming down on my ass with trainee montage. It's time. It's the thing. Unfortunately, yeah. 
Not a song with words. Yeah, so no bonus points, even though you never claim bonus points. But anyway, so they at first I did I did make another prediction though in the middle mm-hmm. of in like right at the beginning of this. Um one is obviously they gotta fail first. Maybe there's an inspirational speech in the middle and then they succeed. But then I said bonus points if there's no speech and they just look at each other and nod. Fair. Very Which fair. was I didn't get a nod. I did get a hand on the shoulder. I did get a like a like a hand predatorily mm-hmm. on the shoulder. I didn't get the nod and I am mad about that. Oh, that's sad. So yeah, at first they're not getting it. Everyone's struggling with something else. And you know, over time they're able to bond together and succeed and be able to pass their lovely classes. And Sunburst has the evil look in her eyes. She is plotting something. And before we get to that something, we're going to take a quick intermission and we'll be back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the intermission. I hope you're all enjoying this episode of Post Finale as we finish going through Barbie Magic of the Rainbow with Griffin Stouffer. Now. A couple of quick things. If you are enjoying the content and you want to gain access to bonus content, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash coopforge and signing up for any of the tiers. You get loads of different content, some extra videos, some more just audio clips of things that we have talked about, research that we have done, access to notes, all fun things like that live over on the Patreon. You also get access to a Discord server where you get access to all the different hosts for all the shows on Co-op Forge and our editors and a fun little community there that we are also trying to build. So you also get access to a Discord server and we can all chat about films, nerdy things, whatever we like. It's all there on Patreon.com and it's a very fun time. So once again, the link is Patreon.com slash Co-op Forge. Link can also be found in the description. And if you want to help out the show in a non-monetary way, that is fantastic as well. Just tell a friend about the show. It really does help. Maybe you have a friend who really, really likes films. Maybe you have a friend who, like me, hasn't watched a lot of films and needs an excuse to watch some more films. What a great way other than to join me on this podcast journey as I learn more about films and just more about the film world in general. Be like, hey, there's this actor who hasn't seen them either. It's a fun time. It's a silly time. He jokes around a lot. It's a fun time. And, you know, it really does help the show a lot. So thank you to anyone who does this now. We'll do this in the future. It really, really does help. And thank you so much. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok on Instagram and Facebook at Post Finale Pod. On TikTok, it is at Co-op Forge, C-O underscore O-P-F-O-R-G-E. And it is also at Co-op Forge on Instagram and Facebook as well. So be sure, follow us on social media. Lots of fun little reels and stuff there. Some behind-the-scenes stuff will soon be posted as well. Different things like that. But other than that, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It really, really does mean a lot. And let's get back to this episode and figure out how is Barbie going to take down Laverna? So, Sunburst is plotting. So, we're in the palace. And I will say, the palace looks pretty cool for the level of detail of the animation in this thing. Fairly well done palace. Just enjoyed the palace. It's a fun little shot. I enjoyed the music, actually, of, like, the flyover. I think the music is incredibly good. 
and we will get to that a bit later as well but i'm not the only person who thinks that the music is incredibly good so the enchantress explains that beyond the hall is the crystal courtyard and this is where the first blush of spring happens and she's like do the job correctly and the first blush will open this is your moment fabian feels like it's too much pressure glimmer says that they wouldn't be in this situation if it wasn't for alina and sunburst is like don't worry we'll do great and they're all in position they're all ready as, as a note, Laverna is such a f***ing dweeb as Sunburst. <laughs> I just have that written down. She's just such a dweeb. Uh, and that's the only way I could put that. You know what? <laughs> but, um, but also, it's like super unclear. So like, they need all seven fairy. It's unclear at the time of this scene that I have in my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more better. Still doesn't make sense. But like, it's okay. They all They all need to blast all seven things of magic into the flower at the end to make it bloom or whatever but at the beginning it was like unclear so like do they need all seven fairies for all parts of this and it fails or like what happens if like what if a guardian just got like sick like what if just one of the guardians was indisposed like are they boned is this just like 10 years of winter because a guardian had a little head cold like yes how exacting is this Okay. Yes. Anyways, they're not even color coordinated. No. So their outfits don't match the colors. Nothing matches. It's horrible. But they begin by separating the magic from the water. And then they fly up and they make like this magical like cone shape. Yeah, it's a flower. Right. So it's the flower bud. They make a magical flower bud. Dude, I am tired. I'm doing my best shapes are hard we're actually shapes are really not that hard words are hard but shapes are pretty straightforward um they're they're (laughs) i can i can draw a shape usually um can't really draw much more than that but i do like shapes so they so laverna's first mistake is going through with most of the ceremony up until the end yeah she didn't need to she wanted to be really, really smug about it, but if she just, like, didn't and just killed the flower. Problem solved. Would have been D- done. Again, Laverna just wanted to milk it. Yeah. And it not hubris everybody's greatest downfall? Yeah. Glad we could agree on that. Cool. <laughs> a riveting conversation Anyways, over here. There's a, there's a lot finale. more water than they were using in practice. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, much, much more. But they create the magic um, cone bud, flower bud shape. And then they start doing the dancing. And the first blush appears. And Sunburst is like, it's exciting. Alina says, yeah, I can't believe that we're here. But I think that we can do it. And Sunburst goes evil eyes and says, of course we can. Wouldn't let a limping toad get in the way. And And that's where I wrote down, wait, how did she know it limped? And then the words, no suspense. Yeah. Um, And Alina immediately just goes, how do you know that the toad limped? I never told anyone about it. And Alina 
then puts two and two together that Sunburst is Laverna. And Sunburst says, prove it. And then just flies away. And honestly, fair enough on Sunburst. Yeah. Power fair, move. Power move. Power move. But then she also reveals herself to Linden by doing like a snarky little wave. Yeah. Which and is just like, weird. Are you, would you just show yourself to anybody that Alina talks to? Because at that point, what's she doesn't need to prove much if you just admit it. Right. So Linden asks where Alina is going. And she just goes, Sunburst isn't Sunburst, but Laverna. Okay. That doesn't really answer where you're going. And then she continues saying, without the real Sunburst, the blush won't open. Um, Sunburst slash Laverna is just like, that's right, Alina. Run away. As she's going off to go try to find Sunburst. And Bibble and Dizzle follow Alina. I don't know why Dizzle's there. Bibble doesn't need the backup. He doesn't need someone holding him back. But you know what? I guess Dizzle's there. They're just in every scene together from the point they meet. Yeah. I I just want more solo Bibble. Unfortunately, this is the last movie. Oh, that makes me sad. The last before the two spinoffs. Which don't have Bibble? I don't think so because it's a different character. I'm going to be so upset. I know we're going to riot. We're going to be so mad and being like, okay, Bibble could have solved this problem by existing. Just by existing. That's it. Just by existing. So Alina says that she has to find the real Sunburst and that she could be anywhere. But in the one moment of intelligence that she has in this film, she sees her reflection and then remembers water and remembers that Sunburst is a sparkle fairy, so Laverna would have put her in water. And that's when I was like, oh, right, she's scared of the water. because Yeah, they mentioned that in the first half, and I was honestly surprised it came up again. Yeah, like I said, the uh, one moment known. one moment of Alina using her brain. Should have known that that would come up again, considering it was the one piece of, like, plot character factualization that we got. <laughs> but, you know what? I'll, I'll give it to him. I didn't guess that one. I didn't guess that one. Very, very well done. So Alina heads out. Meanwhile, the other fairies are still doing the dance. And this is where I had the same question as you. How does it work without Alina there? Like, is she not needed for yeah. this anymore? Like, what? It like, doesn't seem like they need all seven or even the real sunburst to me until like the very very end yeah and i think the rest of it is kind of just bullshit ceremony and they could have just blasted magic every year yeah and they don't even have an audience watching aside from the enchantress and the two puff balls so yeah it's not like, even like they make it a point? spectacle and also, I at this point I asked myself, are we just going to cut between searching for sunburst and dancing? And the answer was yes. Yes. Several times. So pretty much here's what's happening, ladies and gentlemen. Alina is out looking for sunburst. That's all you need to know in terms of what Alina's doing until we get to what Alina's up to. So the bulb is starting to rise and it's starting to get ready to finish the wonderful ceremony and just as we start getting and the music starts building alina finds sunburst who's in a bubble under some roots of a tree in the river so 
Alina works on pulling her out, but it's very difficult. But then she finally does manage to pull her out. And here's my question. Wouldn't the water have made Sunburst lose her powers? That's what it that's what it was sounded like in the scene where we discover that thing. So technically wasn't the goo sack protecting her? I mean, I guess technically in the later scene we learned that the goo sack is like the magic uh no magic powers bubble as well. But yes, she would then proceed to be wet and have lost her powers. They also Alina didn't have the seaweed, so I don't know how she's lasting underwater that long. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But uh, also, why did Laverna sim- put her in a sack and not simply just kill her? She's fine with plunging the world into 10 years of winter, but killing a single fairy is beyond her? Yeah. Look, she doesn't mind the death and the pain she just doesn't need to get her hands physically dirty also this means that sunburst hasn't been participating in practice and therefore wouldn't have had the success in practice that the rest had so therefore she could still fuck it up yep there are a lot of things wrong about these plants but here we are so sunburst can barely breathe and she tries to warn them about Laverna. Alina already knows. She's like, it's much worse than you think. And the blush is starting to open. And everyone is sending magic. It's just time for the luminescence. Everyone but Laverna sends the magic. Alina comes up and reveals the truth. And she outs Laverna for being Laverna. Laverna, after being outed, transforms into herself. Bibble is scared. Welcome back, our coward king. So, Laverna tells the enchantress... That if she makes a move on her, she will destroy the flirst. The blah, 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 the flirst. I'm doing great. Words are very difficult tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the first blush of spring, and all of Fairytopia will be punged, plunged into winter. Punged. Words uh, punged, right. punged today, ladies and gentlemen. So we are at being this punched. point, at this, at this point, point in the movie, there's like ten minutes left until the end. So they have that much time to defeat Laverna. It takes like two. Yeah, I, I went. This is the only time I went back in my notes to add an addendum to a note, and it was just to be like, okay, it, it took two. It took two minutes. I counted. It took two. Fair, fair. Um, yeah. At this point in the movie, I was just like, what is happening? So the enchantress asks what she wants, and Laverna reveals to the enchantress that she wants the enchantress to get into the spell chamber where all of her powers will be useless and she wants to abdicate the throne of fairytopia to her all of the apprentices are like no and griffin is like again why the spell chamber why does laverna not simply kill and second of all abdicating the crown abdicating the throne of fairytopia is just giving her the crown. I hate monarchy. It's all bullshit. <laughs> but also, why would she get in the chamber? Laverna is obviously lying. Yeah. Yeah. Simply punch her. Simply I mean, Power Rangers battle sequence. Her I want Laverna to blow up and then get really, really big. And then they're like, Megazords, go! And then uh the, all the fairies fuse together like Voltron and beat up Big Laverna. Cool. This is my fan fiction. Cool. I look Find forward on to reading three. it. Okay. I look forward to reading it. I'm not right. So the Enchantress says that she will do it. And 
she confirms she's like but if i do this you will spare the first blush of spring laverna says i will cross my heart um and immediately i was like no she's gonna destroy it enchantress you're i i gave you credit you use your brain you no longer have a brain so enchantress accepts this offer and transfers the crown and steps into the chamber Laverna then laughs, turns the magical, colorful, cone, flower, bud, thingamabob into a very nice dark green that she likes a lot. Ooh. Yeah, it's like it's her color scheme or something. I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah. So she then laughs and asks if she really thought that, you know, if the Enchantress thought that she was going to save her people. And she is just like watch as i destroy the first blush of spring and she launches some magic as the blush at the blush and it starts to die but alina needs to be the hero so she jumps in front of it she jumps in front of the beam and starts taking the force of the magic the others are shocked laverna says that she never disappoints did you ever think a little fairy like you could beat me alina then grasping on to almost nothing looks up at the other apprentices reaches out her hand and says i need you what the i don't know why you're surprised by that i i was surprised she wasn't just like no but all of us can i Dude. I don't know what you expected from this movie. Of course, you're I... going to jump into the beam. Okay, of her... no, no, there. no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? I was fine with all of this. This entire sequence happening made complete sense to me. Until the line, I need you. <laughs> Well, obviously, they're going to channel all of their magical powers into her, and that's where the magical girl transformation sequence happens, and then she gets her magic rainbow powers and then can defeat Laverna with a similar magic beam, and the beams are going to collide into each other, and they're going to push against each other. Laverna is going to push back really hard, and then the magic rainbow beam is going to push back even harder, and then she's going to get vaporized again, just like in the first movie. I did not predict all of that at the time. I wish I had. I did predict that Laverna was going to vaporize into sparkles again, just like the first movie, though. Fair. Um, okay. But I Need You is just such a bad line. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Incredibly gay. You could have just... Let's get the lesbians. Let's go. Yeah. Look. That's what I'm talking about. Look, look. Here's what I'm saying, right? Like... I understand that this is a movie made for five and six year olds. Like, fine, I get it. And I shouldn't be reading as much into this as I am. But here we are. We're already down this rabbit hole, so I may as well just judge it. Instead of saying, I need you, if you just said help and you let the idea of helping her, you know, and what to do be theirs, not, you know, her pretty much being like, I need you. I'm going to die without you. Like, if she just said help, it would have been more powerful of all of them coming together. And, oh, my God, it's just such a bad line. Like, it was so bad that I heard that line, paused, literally laughed out loud for, like, two minutes, and then went back to watching the movie. 
I think more stories need polyamory in them. You're right. <laughs> I don't so, know what you're talking about. I, I was not hung up on this line at all. I was hung up on the on the this was she line. But this one didn't even strike me as odd. It was, it was just, so weird. I don't know. It seemed on par with the rest of the movie. Fine. So Laverna says that they can't help. She'll pick them off one by one. And Sunburst says... But we're not one at a time. And they all start using their magic and sending it to Alina to give her strength, just like we were saying. Wow. Alina, now with the power of friendship, has all the magic and is all powerful. She rises, glowing, and produces a rainbow magic stream, and it starts to fight against Laverna. They work together. They're finally able to overpower Laverna. They encapsulate her in a rainbow cylinder. Laverna says she hates rainbows. And then Laverna goes poof. I swear, she gets easier to defeat in every movie. (laughs) Yeah, here's the thing. She is the easiest to defeat in this movie out of all of them. And did they just murder Laverna for another time? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they murder her in the first movie, but somehow she survives and is banished. But then in the second movie, they simply give Max a fake berry and she turns into a frog. And then in this movie, she once again gets poofed into magical sparkles by a rainbow. By a rainbow. Because it's always a a rainbow. This makes sense. So Laverna's magic breaks away. Alina's wings are now colorful like the rainbow. There we go. There is our pretty famous... uh, Fancy new girl transformation. So there's the cover art. There's the cover. But the clouds, they start to roll in and it's starting to snow. So Dizzle moves closer to Bibble for warmth. Cute. And the blush is starting to die. Fabian says it's hopeless. Alina says that there's life in the blush, but we must work together to save it. So they all hold hands, they start spinning in circles around the blush, and this somehow manages to make the blush better. Yeah. How? Unclear. Okay. So, they finish the flight of spring, and, oh, it's a flight, and it makes sense now of why they call it the flight of spring, because when that blush opens up, a bunch of butterflies fly out of the blush flying away so flight of spring makes sense it's the first time that the the uh, butterflies go flap 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 didn't the butterflies just circle around and then go into the bottom of the flower i could have sworn i saw that i think they circled around their mind i think they circled around the butterflies came out and then went like in up through the bottom of the flower I didn't think so, but maybe I just missed maybe it. I'm, maybe I'm losing it. Maybe. Where's the tooth fairy? I have that in my notes. This was the part where I was like, <laughs> where's the tooth fairy? Fair. We'll find out soon. But also, seems kind of whack to have your weather cycles based on an arbitrary flower. Like, <laughs> uh, what, what do I know? I'm not, the, I'm not a meteorologist. Hey, the U.S. looks at a groundhog. You know what? That, that is... <laughs> I almost did. I almost did research into different rites of spring, um, and then I realized one, that's a band with an album, and so incredibly hard to like search just the the concept of. Two, probably not what those kinds of ceremonies are actually called. Three, I'm not. 
I don't like anthropology enough to continue down this rabbit hole. Nah. And uh, what else did I have written down? Google is bad. I'm mad. And I'm abandoning that bit. Okay. Fair so enough. I don't have any information on other springtime ceremonies, but a flower seems whack. Okay. But Punxsutawney Phil, even more whack. <laughs> a groundhog that is simply taken advantage of in order to enrich a single family that owns it. Also, try to spell Punxsutawney. It, you can't. There's an S in there, and it's not where you think. Uh, yeah. So, then the rainbow is shot out of the blush, and it clears away the clouds. And Bibble and Dizzle are happy. And I was just like, wow. Dizzle loves Alina more than her own friend because she flies in and then hugs Alina, but doesn't hug her friend and like her companion. Yeah. Uh, the purple fairy, um, uh, Glee. Yeah, sure. Is that her name? I think that's her name. I totally forgot about her after the first half. Literally, she was only important in the first half and has like two lines in the second half. That's it. So after the guardians are better, the enchantress is wishing all the fairies well. And they are all going home, but not as the fairies that they once were. Together, they gained strength. And because of that, they will always be part of one another. She then presents them That's each... the part where I have in my notes, oh yeah, be part of me, daddy. <laughs> I forgot what that was in reference to, so I'm glad you covered that line. I got you. I, I, I couldn't remember. I was like, why did I write that? You know what? Fair, fair. So... She then presents them with a token each, um, or it's like a medallion or something, and they have all graduated. Bibble is thrilled. He still has his tooth in a bag, but then the tooth fairy sneaks in, grabs it, and switches it out. It's not under a pillow. Not under a pillow. They weren't asleep. Also, just showed up in the middle of the day. Not even at nighttime. Yeah. Mad about. Also, they weren't medallion. They were given like necklaces, which I guess were medallions. Uh, okay. And also, every single movie she gets a necklace. Yeah. At, at the end of the first and third ones, the second one is get is a pearl necklace technically in like the middle, and that's like a part of it. But there's always a necklace. Uh. We didn't get shown the necklace that I don't know if we ever see the necklace that she gets. We I don't just, see the I, necklace that yeah, she gets. It's like hidden in her hand. I can only presume it's another butterfly because that's all they have. Yeah. That sounds it's about butterflies right. and rainbows all the way down. Yeah. So as they're saying the goodbyes, Bibble reveals that his gift was a cupcake, and Bibble is just about to eat it when he realizes that Dizzle might want some. So he splits the cupcake in half absolutely perfect half just bibble is a god takes a cupcake just rips it in half in a perfect half incredible incredible work bibble you never cease to amaze dizzle is about to eat her half and she realizes that she has a loose tooth and bibble and dizzle are very happy about this so sunburst comes in and asks selena how she knew that laverna was not her during the flight and Alina says, Laverna was nice to me. And in all caps, I have BS. You didn't notice until she practically told you. Yeah, no, that's that was an absolute lie. A hundred percent a lie. Also, final thought on the Tooth Fairy. I only have one more thing to say about the Tooth Fairy. All right. All right. I was kind of hoping it was going to be a Santa Claus starring Tim Allen kind of situation where Bibble kills the Tooth Fairy and puts on her coat and then becomes the Tooth Fairy. Fair. 
I think that could be a good spinoff series. There we go. There we go. Mattel, get back to me on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Mattel, owner of Mattel. Look, technology's improved. They might actually be able to make a good Bibble toy nowadays. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. We both know that's not going to happen. They could, but they won't. They won't. So, they hug. They say goodbye. Sunburst does, at least. Alina never says goodbye. What an ass. And Lyndon says that meeting Alina was the best part. He will really miss her. She will really miss him. Bibble is sad to leave, but comes back to give Dizzle the Tooth Fairy bag as a token of remembrance. Dizzle kisses him on the cheek, and Bibble is a puddle and is ecstatic and heads out. And Alina and Bibble go off together. Nobody else seems to be going anywhere. Nobody seems to be going anywhere. Also, mad about the weird, like, romantic interest thing with Lyndon. Fuck that guy. Go back to Sunburst. I'm a big fan of the enemies to lovers trope. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no. They start leaving. Everybody else is just staying there. But everybody gets, like, something to say. They all have, like, little lines. Except for, like, the random bonus extra guardians off in the back. Fabian definitely has the best line where he goes, Bye, Alina. I know you look forward to seeing me again. Fantastic line. <laughs> never change. Never change. And Alina and Bibble head home as we see seven different rainbows. And that's the end of the film. I, there was no... In this one, there was no going back to the Magic Meadow and talking to Dandelions. So no. Nah, Dandelion don't get to know sad. what's going on. Dandelion was like in... Was Dandelion even in this movie? Yeah, at the very beginning. Yeah, very she briefly. was. Like at the very, very beginning briefly. Yeah. God, they they really do my girl Dandelion dirty. Yeah. So, I have some statistics, as always. Oh, I have the end. Do we want the end quote from after oh, the credits first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the end quote? Because, of course, I have that down. It's, together we're strong. Barbie. We're all in this together. Nope. Not that at all. <laughs> not un- completely unrelated. Together we're strong. Totally together different sentence structure. Yep. Together that is a line that was strong. said. I think you had that written down somewhere. Uh, yeah, I think the Enchantress says it. Yeah, something like that. So that sounds right. Anyways, give us some statistics. Some statistics. So, it had an IMDb rating of 6.2 out of 10. Not bad. Not bad. Rotten Tomatoes, it had an audience score of 65%. It had a critic critic score of not available. It (laughs) wasn't a popular enough or, I guess, a good enough movie to where the critics felt like they needed to spend the time to give it a rating. That's, yeah. That, you know what? That doesn't surprise me. It did not release in theaters. That was straight to DVD, maybe yeah. on like Nickelodeon. So, in terms of money, all we were able to find was estimated uh, DVD sales. So, an estimated DVD sales, it would have made... About fifteen thousand two hundred and twenty or fifteen million two thousand two hundred US dollars in DVD sales. So I mean I think that amount of money. That sounds like it did well money wise. I have no idea. Now I, again I don't know what the budget was. I mean it, it could be very good, it could be very bad. It depends on what the budget was. I'm not able to find the budget for this film. Now we were talking about the music being really good throughout this film. So okay. there were two wins and three nominations 
for this film. Really? The most impressive of any of the nominations. I'm I'm surprised. For the music, the music got nominated for a daytime Emmy. That's that's uh that's that's a lot more than I actually expected. All of my expertise stops and ends with the first movie, so this is news to me. Yeah, shout out to Eric Colvin, who was the composer, and he got a nomination in the 2008. He was the nominee for Outstanding Achievement in Music Direction and Composition for the Daytime Emmy Awards. So shout out to Eric Colvin. Impressive. But yeah, that is Barbie. Uh, I, I, I the word counts. completely the word forgot counts the name of this film. Yeah, uh, Magic yeah. of the Rainbow. There we go. Uh, that was Barbie Fairytopia Magic of the Rainbow. Before final thoughts so technically and it's our just, ratings. Technically, what? it's just Barbie Magic of the Rainbow. Fairytopia well, is not in the title. On IMDb, it says Barbie Fairytopia Magic of the Rainbow. Oh my god. Am I wrong? No, I'm just going to refuse to acknowledge that. Okay, that's Anyways, fine. Word counts. So let's, let's go back over... Uh, the word counts of the previous two movies because I have those down. Sure. So, Fairytopia. Do I have the. I'm going to assume I put that in the correct order and stuff. So, Fairytopia was 4,435 words. My Google Doc ended up being 24,330 characters or 20,320 with, without spaces included. Uh, for Mermaidia, I have 6,721 words, 35,730 characters, or 30,097 without spaces, or excluding spaces. Do you want to guess, based on those two numbers, the word count of Magic of the Rainbow? So I'm working in the realm between like four and a half to six and a half. I'd say that Magic of the Rainbow probably has like. Five and a half to six thousand because I feel like there are a few more montage scenes in this one. Your your logic is solid, but your conclusion is incorrect because it is actually four thousand one hundred and nineteen words. It has the least? It has the least. Twenty one thousand nine hundred and ninety two characters or eighteen thousand six hundred and twenty eight characters excluding spaces. But it's also the longest one. Yeah. Okay. Isn't okay. that fun? Fun. Fun. All final right. thoughts on the movie? Yeah, final thoughts and something that we are going to start doing on movies it's something that i am doing over on flip the scripts which is a different podcast that i also host so shameless plug ladies and gentlemen but uh you should go listen to that one plugging in front of me oh no it's a almost like this is my show um but uh that one is with one of the previous guests steven nyman we co-host that show and we're looking at adaptations so books to movies depending on when this comes out we are either currently talking about the hunger games movies or catching fire uh depending on when this episode is releasing one of those is coming out i just don't remember off the top of my head which it'll be but anyway what we are doing is we start we rate the film at the end of it so 
and the book and then how it goes as an adaptation. But what we'll do on this show is we'll just rate the film. So what would you rate a film out of 10? So same scale as IMDb, what would you rate yeah. the film and final uh, thoughts? I want to do, I want to rate all three movies because we I can rate would, all three. We can I rate think all three. It would warrant having all three rated just for posterity's sake. If we're going to do this for, yeah, yeah, at the very least, the preceding movie, the following movies as well. Um, so I'm going to say for Fairytopia, the first one, I'm going to say five out of ten. It is completely neutral. Okay. It is. I'm just going to give that a completely neutral score. Mermaidia, seven out of ten. Sure. Also, these scores are lessened because these are movies for babies. Um, <laughs> there's a 10 out of 10 baby movie out there, I'm sure. I don't know what it is. Um, if I had to rate these against like real movies, this would be very, very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for what it is, Mermaidia, 7 out of 10. Uh, Magic of the Rainbow? I'm going to... I'm not going to give it worse than Fairytopia. I'm going to say 5 out of 10 again. Okay. I'm actually going to say I'm fairly neutral on it because I like some of the beginning and the second half does lose me a little bit. Sure. Now, it's a weird way to watch it because we split it up. Uh, but I'm yeah, I'm just going to say the first and third, five out of ten. Mermaidia, seven out of ten. Sounds Solidly good. Solidly enjoyable movie. The other two. I don't know. I watched the first one because I it's part of my childhood. I would not watch this third one again. That's fair. So. The first one I'd probably rate, again, a 5 out of 10. It exists. It's a film. Cool. Second one, Mermaidia, I'd probably rate six and a half, seven, just like you. Um, again, I think that's the best out of the bunch. It's the strongest story-wise and has a good amount of character development and has fun with our favorite characters as well. And then this one, I would probably give a six probably like a six okay because i found it more enjoyable than fairytopia in terms of like certain aspects of it i feel like you know the montage the music i think elevated this one quite a bit honestly mm -hmm. like the music just made it a lot more enjoyable i wasn't like fair. you know hating myself when i was just watching these montage scenes I was just like, ah, oh, at least there's peaceful music or like good music and stuff like that. So I'd bump it up to a six. But like you said, it loses me in the second half of the film. Like the first half, I'm still engaged and focused and like, all right, what's going on? But that second half, I was just like, I just want to get through this. I don't even want to watch this anymore because like I had just lost interest. Like everything was just happening so quickly that nothing had time to pan out at all. But yeah. Yeah. There was oh. As always. No suspense. No, nah, but a very solid film. If you have four to six-year-olds, possibly a good film that I would recommend to four to six-year-olds. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, Literal, yeah. Literally babies. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, wonderful. Well, as always, Griffin, thank you so much for joining. If people want to find you doing things, I know you're not really on social media. Do you have anything to plug or anything you want to say to the people? Uh, yes. So like I said in the last episode, and I think we will have at least one episode out by the time this one airs, because these are going up in like February, right? Yes. 
Yeah, because I listened to the their after Truman show. So, <laughs> so uh, at least by the time this one airs, hopefully, assuming nothing goes horribly wrong, uh, me and my friend should have an episode of a podcast up called "To Be Titled Later." Because Wonderful. we really couldn't decide on a name. Wonderful. Well, if it is up, I will be sure to leave a link in the description for the listeners so that you can have easy access to listening to the show um, wherever you listen to the show. But I'll make sure and drop a link down below because I'm sure that I will have the link by the time this goes up. But Griffin, as always, thank you so much for joining. And listeners, thank you so much for listening. And until next week, when we are talking about Terminator, which is something that I've never seen before. I know Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it and something about I'll be back. Um, This is what I can tell you. I think he's a killing machine. But until we talk about the Terminator next week, I'll catch you all later. Bye.